This is the Tao of Christ, and I am Marshall Davis. In this episode, I will be finishing up my book, Experiencing God Directly, The Way of Christian Non-Duality, by reading the epilogue entitled, The Story of Me. My personal story is the least important part of this book, but some readers may find it helpful to hear the story of how a Baptist preacher came to experience God in a decidedly non-Baptist way. So I include it here in its proper place at the end. I will limit my statements to my spiritual journey, since other biographical information is of little significance. My first awareness of the reality of the Spirit occurred when I was 13 years old. I had been going through confirmation classes at the local congregational church. Perhaps that is why God was on my mind and why I called out to God when I felt desperate. My adolescent crisis consisted of being prevented from attending the highlight of the school year, the end of the year 8th grade outing to the beach. The reason was a fever. The doctor said I could only attend if my fever broke. I prayed fervently for healing, promising God all sorts of important things, which I have long since forgotten. I received the desired healing and romped at the seaside in my new swimming trunks. This would not be considered a miracle by Vatican standards, but to my young mind it was proof that God was real and answered prayers. In typical teenage fashion, I quickly forgot God's grace. In the years that followed, I went from this simple childhood faith to atheistic existentialism. My high school years were filled with books by Camus, Sartre, Nietzsche, heavy reading for a teen. By the time I entered college, I was an atheist, and I eagerly enrolled in Religion 101 during my freshman year to defend my unbelief. It was 1968, and the topic for the semester was the Death of God movement. Strangely enough, reading about the demise of God only made me more interested in religion. I took more courses offered by the religion department. Before long, I had switched my major from geology to religion to the bewilderment of my academic advisor, who was also the head of the geology department. The reason I gave for my decision was that I needed something more practical than science. He shook his head in perplexity. My academic study of religion led me to read widely and deeply in all the faiths of the world's peoples. I began to explore the world's religions with a personal interest as well as academic curiosity. I was especially attracted to the mystical expressions of religion. I discovered the Christian mystics and did a semester-long independent study of the 14th century German mystic Meister Eckhart. At the same time, I was studying Eastern texts, such as the Tao Te Ching, the Bhagavad Gita, and the Upanishads. My personal spiritual search lasted about four years during the late 1960s and early 70s. One day, after an exhaustive intellectual and inner quest, I found myself alone in my 1967 Ford Fairlane, parked at the ocean on my lunch break with a paperback New Testament in my hands. With a winter storm battering the coast of Salem, Massachusetts, I prayerfully gave my life to Jesus Christ. 
I was, to use the term in vogue among evangelicals, born again. A few months later, I was baptized in that same ocean by the pastor of a nearby Baptist church. Never being one to do anything halfway, I threw all my energy into being a disciple of Christ. Within a year of my conversion, I entered seminary, which I viewed as an intensive course in personal spiritual development. My career plan was to become a university or seminary professor teaching world religions from a Christian perspective. Between earning my master's degree and my doctorate, I decided to take a break from academia for a year or two and serve as pastor of a church. I administered as a part-time pastor during seminary and viewed parish ministry as a temporary reprieve from the rigors of graduate school. I also hoped to raise a little money for tuition. I quickly discovered that I loved being a full-time pastor. That was 1978, and I have been a pastor ever since. During these years of professional ministry, I have considered myself a traditional Christian in doctrine and ethics. At some points during my ministry, I was more conservative and at other times more moderate, but I have always placed myself squarely in the Christian camp. Then, four years ago, something changed. Perhaps I should say that something stopped, or began to stop. I began to stop. My persona the personal self, with all its beliefs, began to unravel. As I look back on it, I see signs of this process earlier in my spiritual journey. Shortly after my conversion, I had an encounter with the divine that rocked me to the core. I described it to my fiancé at that time, now my wife of over 40 years, as God brushing me with his finger. It felt as if I was dissolving. I cried out like the prophet Isaiah, Woe is me, I am undone, for I have seen the Lord. I physically trembled in the presence of God. Twenty years later, I had an even stronger experience. I had been taking a year-long program for spiritual directors at the Shalem Institute for Spiritual Formation in Washington, D.C. I was participating in a week-long silent retreat. During one session of group contemplative prayer, I had the overwhelming sense that I was dying. I knew intellectually that I was not physically dying, but I felt like I was psychologically dying. My psyche was crumbling. My sense of a separate self was dissolving, and it was terrifying. My emotional response to this experience of non-being was fear and trembling. I thought I was losing my mind. That assessment was not far wrong. Unfortunately, the leaders in charge of the retreat did not know what was happening to me, and they could not counsel me through it. I returned home early from the retreat and consulted my spiritual director. She also did not know how to help me. She consulted her fellow spiritual directors for guidance. Slowly, with her help, I worked through what had happened to me in Washington. Over time, I somewhat accommodated this sense of diminished self as my new reality. But for the most part, I resisted it and suppressed it. I did not successfully integrate this experience into my Christian faith. 
I eventually rejected the practice of contemplative spirituality as a psychologically dangerous path for me. I threw myself back into evangelical Christianity with renewed fervor. I considered the church I was serving in New Hampshire to be too liberal for my renewed evangelicalism. I moved to Calvary Baptist Church in Lowell, Massachusetts. After a few years there, I found an even more conservative church in Rochester, Pennsylvania. At the First Baptist Church of Rochester, I established my conservative evangelical credentials and church community and denomination. The church was thriving, but the denominational ethos was too liberal for me. The church eventually left the American Baptist denomination and joined the Southern Baptist Convention. During this period, I wrote a book entitled More Than a Purpose, published in 2006, which challenged the evangelical credentials of the best-selling The Purpose Driven Life and the wider megachurch movement. Even the popular evangelical pastor Rick Warren was not conservative enough for me. But my religious fervor had its price. Interpersonal conflict with church members, clergy, and the denomination took its toll on me. Even though I had the support of a large majority of my congregation, I was emotionally wounded by the experience of church conflict. Suffering from depression, I left the ministry in 2009, thinking that my departure from Christian ministry was permanent. It turned out to be a one-and-a-half-year hiatus. When I resigned my position as a pastor, something changed in me. I was spiritually and psychologically devastated. I described it to a Southern Baptist colleague at the time as spiritual post-traumatic stress. But it turns out that this was a good development. It is exactly what needed to happen. God was breaking the shell of myself. With my resignation from full-time ministry came an identity crisis. I wondered, if I am no longer a pastor, then who am I? I had always been a professional church leader. I was the Reverend Doctor. Since my early days in the Jesus movement in the 1970s, I had been an evangelical spiritual leader. Who was I now? This prompted an intense inquiry into my personal identity. Who was I beneath my titles, degrees, and roles? Who is God beneath his titles and roles? What did I really know to be true? I questioned everything about my Christian faith, delving down to its very foundation. Nothing was too sacred to doubt. My search for deeper truth took me into a renewed study of atheism. I read dozens of books by the new atheists and old atheists. Reading these authors with an open mind challenged my understanding of God. I found myself agreeing with much of what the atheists wrote. I came to see that the traditional deity of Western culture did not exist. Yet, at the same time, I was gradually becoming aware of God beyond labels, ideas, theologies, and religions. While I was questioning the nature of God, I also questioned my understanding of my own self. I studied the atheist understanding of human nature as a purely evolutionary animal, once again, I came to accept much of what the atheist said. At the same time, 
I became more conscious of who I was beyond the human animal. In short, there gradually appeared, and continues to appear, a direct knowing of myself and God apart from mental conceptions. This has happened gradually over the last four years, but more fully within the last year. It was accelerated by a physician's misdiagnosis. A doctor solemnly informed me that I had pancreatic cancer. For one week in 2012, I was dying. Then a further test revealed that I did not have cancer after all. But for seven days, I emotionally came to terms with my imminent death. It was traumatic for both my wife and I at the time. Now looking back, I see it as a blessing. It made me look into my mortality with an intensity I could never have mustered without the doctor's prognosis. I do not know exactly how to describe this new awareness of myself and God. Words are inadequate and even ideas fail to capture it. It is a sense of oneness. God is perceived as real, but not as an entity separate from me. God is not seen as an entity at all. Neither do I experience myself in this way. Meister Eckhart wrote, The eye with which I see God is the same eye with which God sees me. Seeing one is seeing the other. In seeing who I am... I see who God is. Jesus expressed his experience saying, I and the Father are one. When you have seen me, you have seen the Father. Somehow I intuitively understand Christ's awareness. Have this mind in you which was also in Christ Jesus, the Apostle Paul said. Elsewhere he wrote, it is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. I am not, Christ is. We have this treasure in earthen vessels, Paul says. There is this earthen vessel of a body. There is this consciousness of the body, called the self. But I am neither of these. I never really was. There is just God, the treasure, in earthen vessels. The clearest way I can describe it is this. My sense of being a separate self has been diminished. It is not gone. Marshall Davis is still here, but it's not me. It is a mask I wear, a role I play. My persona is still real in a temporary sense, but not in an eternal sense. It did not exist before this body was born. It developed in early childhood. It has been changing and growing during my lifetime, and it will cease to exist when the body dies. But who I really am cannot die. In this sense, I was never born and will not die. Jesus said of his experience, Before Abraham was, I am. The words of Paul also come to mind. In him we live and move and have our being. I am still a Christian. In fact, Christ is more real to me than ever before because my Christianity is based not on blind faith but on faithful sight. Knowing the oneness of God has deepened my understanding of Christianity. My love for and devotion to Christ is stronger. Christ is the Lord. He is the way, the truth, and the life. My theology remains as Christian as ever. I feel no need to revamp my beliefs to reflect some generic philosophical monism. 
In the end, all spiritual philosophies are only ideas. They cannot contain God. At best, they point beyond themselves to the one who cannot be contained by mental images. Religions are by nature idolatries, replacing God with graven images, even if those images are graven only in the mind. Non-dual Christianity points beyond all theology to reality. As Jesus said, Abide in me, and I in you. This is where I live. As far as my professional ministry is concerned, I returned to parish ministry in January of 2011. And I served as pastor of the Community Church of Sandwich, New Hampshire until 2016 when I retired. This is the same church I left in 1994 to explore more conservative forms of Christianity. I came back to the same congregation, having come to appreciate the ecumenicity and spiritual openness of this rural community church. You've been listening to Experiencing God Directly, the way of Christian non-duality. Next time, I will begin episodes entitled The New Pilgrim's Progress, patterned after John Bunyan's 17th century classic Pilgrim's Progress. It is an allegorical pilgrimage through the landscape of 21st century American Christianity. This is not your grandfather's Pilgrim's Progress. In this retelling of the beloved allegory, Seeker, who later changes his name to Pilgrim, meets Campus Crusader on his university campus. The evangelist instructs him to begin his journey by entering through a gate illuminated by a lamppost, which strangely resembles the one at the boundary of Narnia. Instead of the slough of despond, this modern pilgrim falls into the bog of existential angst and then stays in the town of therapy for a while. Where Vanity Fair used to be, now is Prosperity Gospel Ministries. Pilgrim visits the city of Megachurch, where he meets people who suspiciously resemble Robert Schuller, Joel Olstein, Rick Warren, and Benny Hinn. These are just a few of the adventures that Pilgrim and his companions have on their journey from their home in the Shadowlands, shades of C.S. Lewis, to their destination beyond the river. This is a romp through contemporary American Christianity that I hope will get you thinking deeply and laughing out loud. This is Marshall Davis. You can find my podcast at thedowchrist.com. You can find my blog, Spiritual Reflections, including a link to my books at marshalldavis.us. Join me next time for another episode of The Tao of Christ. Christ.